1: Hello and welcome to the Gagan Press, part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. My name is Andrew Hedspeth. Over the next half an hour or so, we're talking all things Liverpool FC, ahead of a season-defining, title-deciding, I want to say, maybe, game with Manchester United this weekend. I am joined today by the wonderful Emma Sanders, who was so keen to do this pod. She turned up, well, at least an hour early, I want to say. Last week hungover. this week super keen. Unpredictable. Mercurial yeah. playmaker Emma Sanders. How are you?
2: That's, that's what everyone calls me. Um, unpredictable. But hey, look, I was just really, really keen to speak to you guys. So really happy to see you all and hear you all because you can't <laughs> see us.
1: <laughs> Wonderful. And of course, I'm joined by my toppest of top reds, the only man with better abs than Mohammed Salah. It is, of course, Mr. Alex Purdy. How wow, are you really? I don't
3: think anyone's got better abs than him, but I'll take it. It's actually quite scary, that hole in the middle. Don't like it.
1: Yeah, it's like a proper canyon in his <laughs> abs going on. I've oh, never impressive. seen that happen before. Um, okay, and we do have a special uh, guest this week. Because of this weekend's clash, we are joined for one app and one app only by 90 Min's own head of content and resident Manchester United fan, it is Scott Saunders. How are you, Scott? I'm very well. Thanks for having me. I was going to ask: Is it actually a
4: one-time thing because we're playing in the cup in a in a week or so as well? So this could this, we could make this a serial, a series, you
1: know? Oh, that's true. Actually, um,
4: we we could we could keep going for it.
1: Yeah, let's see how you get on. Nothing. Let's see how we do this time. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to invite
4: myself back in, but you know, uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes.
1: I saw you. Were you were about to comment on on Purdy slash Muhammad Salah's was, abs. There, I was going to
4: say. I was going to say. Um, does purdy have better abs than that kid i forgot his name in the liverpool academy who's dribbling around everyone because okay they so are...
1: i was gonna <laughs> i was gonna bring this up later on but his name is arat hosseini he's seven years old i think there seems to be some dispute whether he's six or seven apparently he was picked up by liverpool's academy last year off the back of all these these skills videos that i think his dad's been posting He's got 4.6 million Instagram followers already at the age of seven, if that makes you feel oh, wow. terrible. Have you, have you seen this, Emma and Purs, this video of this kid that's gone yeah. viral? It's yeah.
2: insane. Like, he, his feet, I can't... My mind is blown. I, I'm trying to watch his feet and I can't because they're moving so quickly and then the ball's gone and then all the other players are basically on the floor and then the ball's in the net. I just don't... We've just,
0: pff,
3: just if signed you have, mind Messi. Blown. We've just signed messi Regen.
2: Yeah.
1: I've just seen so many people responding to these videos on the on uh Twitter just saying, Yeah, in, in ten years' time it'll be Husseini and uh and Harvey Elliott But <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: we're we're basically we are winning the Champions League in twenty thirty. Like I'm calling yeah. it now. You need to save <laughs> this it. video so in twenty thirty oh. you can put it out there.
1: Exactly, but if you haven't seen it, do check it out because it's amazing. Like Emma said, and just him doing overs because he's got such tiny legs as basically a toddler, and he's doing like it's, just to like, get his leg over the ball is impressive, and the speed that he's doing them at. At that, at that age,
4: I couldn't even like kick a normal size football. You know, no. like if, if, I'd always get go go for one of those sizes smaller, but it's
1: insane. So yeah, I mean. Good. Get him in, get him in the squad now, is what I say. But yeah, as Scott, as Scott touched on there, one of the really weird things is that he already seems shredded. Like, there's pictures of him on his Insta with like his top off and he's already got abs. And I don't know whether, it must be in some way like augmented or photoshopped or something, but it's it's terrifying. He's,
3: all, he's on Salah's training regime, whatever that is. You need to get hold of that. <laughs> That's it.
1: Let's uh, leave that there for the moment and get straight into it. No messing about. Liverpool versus Manchester United at Anfield at half four this Sunday. Emma, is this the title decider? It is, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I, I think it is now. <laughs> United have um, they built so much momentum recently. Obviously, they're top of the table now. And I think for a club of that size, just being at the top, I think gives them such a big boost in terms of their mentality. So um, I, think, I think this is a huge game because Liverpool haven't been haven't been anywhere near their levels that that they should be really at all this season they've they've had the odd games here and there but Liverpool haven't actually built any momentum so the fact that they're actually still second despite not really playing that great this season shows you know just how much quality there is in the squad but but I yeah I, I think Liverpool need to win this just to just to kind of kill that that United momentum and then and then Liverpool need to push on from there but look I don't think there's any denying that it's it's a big game
1: I'll go to Purdy next with your take on this, and then we'll get the the Man United side of things from, from Scott Purdy. You are you quite as uh, well? Do you have the same opinion as Emma that this is sort of a defining game? Um, it's a big game.
3: I don't. It's not a decider. It won't decide the title in this game. Um, I think there's more dangerous teams out there, like Man City, potentially Tottenham. But it's still a very important game because we need three points. We need to push up the league and we need to get back to winning ways. But I don't I don't feel like the same pressure as the Man City games in the last two or three years in this one, to be honest. Uh
1: Scott, your your thoughts.
4: I think all the pressure's on Liverpool for this one. I mean you, you have you have that record at Anfield in the league, um, which, you know, no team has won there since what is it, twenty seventeen or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh United don't have a great record in big games this season, so I'm going into it thinking it's it's a and Solskjaer has said it himself. But it's a nice test of where United actually are at the moment. Um, so I'm actually going into it, kind of looking forward to the game. And I never go into the game against Liverpool looking forward to it because it's always always fills me with dread. But I think we touched on it. I think uh, this morning before before we started recording, uh, you know, if if United don't win or if there's a team that doesn't win this game, you're not necessarily out of the out of the race or anything like that, because teams will continue to take points off each other.
1: Um, yeah, but for United,
4: it's, it's a big, it's a big game for United. But I think if, if they can go and end that Anfield, you know, that Anfield unbeaten run and go six points ahead of Liverpool, that's big. Mm. That, and the, the confidence that they would take from that is unreal.
1: Oh God, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm Just <genuinely scared. laughs> hearing you talk about it. I mean, we had uh, we had Haynes and Hunter from the uh, oh what a night pod was before the Spurs game, and I was just thinking the same thing. I think it's just my natural pessimism kicking in for these big games. But the fact that United, United are potentially the underdogs going into this just makes it all the all the worse. Emma, like, what are your what are your biggest fears for this game? Do you do you have worries about the uh, uh, unbeaten run at home coming to an end or is it just you know you you really sort of worried about Liverpool getting the win here
2: yeah I think Scott made a really good point and that was kind of my reasoning behind why I think it is such a big game is just the fact that if United do win then there is that six point gap and there is that that huge confidence boost so um, it's it's not necessarily concerns over the result per se it's the what that result can do afterwards so, I that that's why I think it's so important that, that Liverpool get the win. And I don't think it really matters about the performance. Look, in these kind of games, it never really mm. matters about the performance. It's just a case of who gets the three points. And to be honest, I think both teams would probably take a draw. Um, I, think, I think, obviously, Liverpool, I agree with Scott again. I think Liverpool are the favourites and, you know, United are the underdog. So, that does put pressure on Liverpool. Um, but given the fact that it is at home and they don't want to ruin that record and, you know... <sighs> I can just see a really, really dull nil-nil draw. <laughs> I like, really do well you remember classic. in the
4: past, or, or the, the red, yes, remember red that Red Monday. Monday? I went <laughs> yeah. there Red yeah. Monday. It was the worst game I've ever been to in my life. All that big build-up. I think it was yeah. the, when Mourinho was there and United were actually doing well. So it was a similar situation. Mm. And it was a horrible nil-nil. I think it was the same game where, I think the only thing that I remember is an amazing save from De Gea made from Coutinho when he tried to curl in the top corner. I think it was the same game. Uh, But they've had some terrible games in the past, but it's, you know, I'm hoping it'll be a good one this time.
1: It is funny because it used to be, that used to be the case back in the sort of the early Mourinho days and it came out from that, that all these sort of, Big six games against each other it used to be really sort of quite drab affairs and then it completely flipped and we had that spate of just res- ridiculous results and six ones and you know thrills or whatever and now i kind of feel like we're going back the other way again and everything's getting a bit more tight so it would not surprise me at all if this turned into a really dull game in which a draw kind of suits both teams Perds, you 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 seen a draw in this um
3: easily can see a draw but um, my biggest fear is obviously Man United could easily get a pen, so you could almost say we're one nil down already. <laughs> could um,
1: easily get. We'll we'll definitely get a pen. Sorry, then. yeah.
3: So we're one nil down. So how are we going to come back? Um, <laughs> then it's like our aimless crosses versus Harry Maguire's head. That could easily happen again. We're just mm. pumping it in from the side. So my biggest fear is our front three again. Our creativity is not going to be there, and it will be either nil nil or a one nil. That's my biggest fit.
1: Is, is it Sky or BT this this weekend? Sky, Sky, it, yeah, Sky. Yeah, I just love it if Sky used that as the build up. Just aimless crosses versus Harry <laughs> Maguire's big head in um, that voice as well. In that <laughs> voice, yeah. Scott, question for you: Are United actually good? I mean, as an outsider, I don't know what to think. Like at the start of the season, I thought no, they're going to be nowhere. They've had this run, but I'm still I'm still not entirely convinced that they're a proper title contenders. Um,
4: it's, a, it's a really tough one. I think they are good in the context of the season itself. The reason why they've been looked, been seen to be so bad in the last few years is because Liverpool and Man City have been so good, and so now that good, they yeah. are not so good, so and now they're kind of in in the pack altogether. So you know, it doesn't make United look as bad if they do lose a game. Um, to be fair, like, and I, I'll always say this, um, people asking me this morning if i'm ollie out or whatever I, I hate that like i always think i've always thought that there could be a better person than ollie solskjaer to manage this team um in terms of experience in terms of know-how that kind of stuff but steve bruce um, Sam steve bruce you know Sam Adelaide, there's a, there's a lot famous. of uh, a <laughs> lot of old british managers out there who could do a brilliant job i'm sure but what what we can mm-hmm. say about solskjaer is united are more consistent now I think than they've ever been since Ferguson in in the sense of you know putting in decent performances and getting results uh, we don't know how long that's going to last but they have proved it like this season so far where they they lost 6-1 to Spurs and they reacted really well they lo- they went out the Champions League and they reacted really well so th- it does seem a bit more there's a little bit more metal there and Solskjaer's prime job I think has been to you know take the bad characters out of the dressing room um, and replace them with people like Bruno Fernandes, who has been absolutely integral to everything that United have done over the last year. Mm. Um, and I think that they're, they're taking the fact that they're in the mix and now that they're at the top of the league, I think they're taking a lot of confidence and belief that oh, hang on here, we've got an actual chance and I think that's if, if, if they have that belief, I think that can take them a long way as well because they've always been Sixth or fifth or whatever, and yeah. really far behind. That's different. Now.
1: Bringing this, bringing this back to, to Liverpool, are you seeing a bit of a a bit of a Liverpool twenty thirteen twenty fourteen vibe here? Like when essentially Luis Suarez dragged that Liverpool side into the into the midst of a title <laughs> race. Um, I, I, I mean, it's not quite sense, like that because there are there are sort of more key players, I guess, in this Man United side. Uh, but there is something about that. Whereas momentum seems to be playing a huge part in this.
4: Yeah, I mean, there's been there's been a lot of uh, comparisons to Cantona, um like in the last few weeks, and they are massively overplayed. But I, I was talking this morning to one of the guys who who writes for us on Min, Um and I was remembering a video that I had when I was a kid, um, which was Cantona speaks, and I, it's on YouTube. And I just watched the first five minutes this morning, and some of the stuff they were saying, and Alex Ferguson was saying about how they needed to take bring in a player like Cantona who would just lift everybody um, Mm. was integral to the success that they eventually had in in the years to follow. I think Bruno's done a similar, he's come in and had a similar impact in that sense. I'm not saying that he's going to be the next Cantona or whatever, but he's had the impact that he has had, has been has done a similar job in terms of raising them up a level. Um, They need more players like that. But I, I think, Remember when uh, Liverpool were lit with Bruno Fernandes, and I think we were talking about it at the time. And like he was scoring yeah. these screamers for Sporting, and I remember you, Andy, were saying, Oh, I love Bruno Fernandes. What I've seen of him, uh, I think he'd be great for Liverpool." United eventually think... got it over the line, and like it's it's made such a difference. I think if you'd have got him, you'd have won every league for the next five years.
1: Yeah, I just Still wonder won. whether think yeah I just I kind of wonder whether he would have had quite the same impact because he he wouldn't have been allowed to have been the main man in such the same way as he, he has been at United and I guess he would have been a little bit more restricted there uh, Emma you, you're nodding at me
2: yeah I agree I think I think Bruno Fernandez is the type of player that basically has to kind of drag this United team up. And that's not to say that United don't have other players, but you're right in that Liverpool, the way that Liverpool play, it's a cohesion of a team. And if the team functions at 100%, then I genuinely think Liverpool are the best team in Europe. And there's only really Bayern Munich that are kind of at that level. But if one player in that team isn't quite playing to the standard, then everyone else's level drops. Whereas the difference for me with United is that they have they have personalities and they have players in their team. So when they've got momentum and when they've got belief and they're and for me that's kind of you know forty percent of of kind of a title win or a, or a trophy win for Manchester United is just that belief and that confidence and that just winning mentality. And I don't think they've had that for a mm. while and they're starting to get that back now. And that's what worries me a little bit about them because I do think when their players are at their best, um, then Manchester United can be so dangerous. But then. Also, the flip side of that, and I think I've said this before, actually, that United have to, their best players have to be at their peak. I think for them to be within a chance of of staying in this title race. Whereas the lights of Liverpool, the lights of City, and arguably Tottenham now, and even Leicester. I think I don't think we should, you know, quite write off Leicester. I think they can they can scrape wins, or they can. Kind of go on a few runs where they're not quite playing that well. Like I said earlier, Liverpool is second in the league, and I don't think at any point have they had, you know, a three-week period where they've been playing well. Whereas for me, United yeah. have to stay at this level. They absolutely have to stay at this level. And if they drop off that level, then I think they can drop off quite massively. And I think that's the can difference I, between the, the teams now for me.
4: Can I can I jump in there and say I I don't think United are, I think United are still playing in spells. <laughs> in this in the second half against Burnley, they were. They were good, um, but there's been. I remember when they played terribly at West Ham. Bruno came on and they played well for 20 minutes, Shocking. scored three goals, and then they were they went to, went back to being themselves. Um, I think there's a, still a lot to come, and from from the Unite- the players that United have. I mean, Paul Pogba's starting to turn up. We know how good he can be. Um, Mason Greenwood struggling for goals. You've seen how good he he was last season. Marcus Rashford um, is still you know, he's contributing in terms of goals and assists, I think he feels like he probably could still go up a level. Anderson but, Cavani's but not Scott, scoring a lot of goals, you know? Scott, is, yeah. there's is, a lot Rashford,
1: of... is Rashford too busy feeding hungry children as one newspaper <laughs> I employer think, today? I think, that,
4: I think that's probably the problem, you know?
1: Um, <laughs> yeah. No,
2: but, uh, but I, I, I think good. you're right <laughs> there, Scott. But, like, I think you've kind of kind of proved my point though with, with the first bit where you said when Bruno came on and he scored three goals and that's kind of the point I'm making is that United at the moment are very much relying on their big players turning up so and mm. I think and, and I, I I think that's kind of what the problem is and I completely agree I think there is lots more to come from United whether or not that is this season I'm not sure and that's where my doubt is is that I think at the moment you've been relying on the big players turning up um, and they've been they've been turning up so far so At the point where they stop turning up, that's when I think United might struggle. It
1: is certainly very interesting. I think we're all agreed that we're going to get quite an interesting title race this season. And like, I mean, hopefully, I mean, hopefully, Liverpool end up winning it. But if we do have a four-horse title race, then that would be that would be really something. Let's move on then to the key battles. Uh, There's been reports today that Joel Matip is still a big doubt for the weekend you're our defensive correspondent you advocated for, for Jordan Henderson playing back there in recent weeks you up for that again or do you want to see one of Rhys Williams or Nat Phillips go alongside Fabinho in this game
3: um, I'm going to have to stick with Henderson because I don't want to flip really yeah well listen you know he got caught out within three minutes of the Southampton game right? it's not ideal Fine. It? Right, but it's gone now <laughs> he's done it he's out of his system and you for the rest won. of the game we didn't concede when he was at the back so <laughs> i uh, I'll play him again, please. We
1: all Emma's him, yeah. score. <laughs> yeah, Emma's reaction to that tells me she has a very <laughs> different opinion.
2: Yeah, no, for me, Jordan Henderson's absolutely crucial to Liverpool's midfield. Um, yeah, I think I think we have to have a mid- midfield, especially against United. I think I think he has to be in midfield. So, um, as fragile as it is, look, I think Rhys Williams and Nat Phillips have both turned up in big games for Liverpool this season, and I'm not saying that they're ready to play against United. God no, but. What other choices really do we have? Um, Which I would one would you go have for? Henderson? Um probably Reese Williams, probably. Um just because I think he's got a bit more pace about him and I think, you know, the likes of Rashford and Martial making those runs in behind. Um yeah, I think I'd probably go with Williams. Uh,
1: okay, Scott, you just look so happy that we have to have this <laughs> discussion here before <and> we <laughs> um, it's interesting because I think
4: um Anthony Martial limped off at the end of the Burnley game. And Nemanja Matic picked up a, a groin injury as well. We're waiting to see how serious that is. Um, but I think Martial would have been an important player um, to play against some of these you know, makeshift Liverpool defenders. So it'd be a blow if he doesn't make it. But I'm just thinking if you've got somebody like Emerson Cavani in there who is as kind of smart and experienced as he is playing against a young centre-back like Rhys Williams or two
1: yeah.
4: players who um, are that's not center as good in the air as he's on the floor as good in the air yeah exactly Mm. i think he if he gets a chance you know he he might be able to create the space uh to to do something decisive but united have a lot of options as well so it'd be interesting to see how they both play against each other and what decisions they end up making because there could be a lot of ways that united's set up uh for this game and there could be a lot of different little tweaks that could decide this game one way or the other
1: what do you see as united's like uh weak point then going into this game like where would you be most worried about? This,
4: a lot of United fans point at um Harry Maguire often. I, I think he's actually quite good, you know. I, I think he's he does his job and since he's had Eric Baye alongside him, he's looked a lot better because you've got you've got a bit of pace in there. I love Eric Baye. I think he's he's my favourite United player by a mile. Mm. He's just so much fun.
0: Um
4: <laughs>
1: We mentioned might... last week how uh, sorry we mentioned last week how Emma has or had, I should say, a poster of Salif Jow on her wall. Have you got a, I, you I, got a poster I, of uh, Eric Bayou? I
2: still wish I had a poster of him. <laughs>
1: right. well, I I'll might get, have we'll to sort to out one. One.
4: I might have to buy one if if Eric Bayou nods in the winner this weekend I might have to buy one. Uh, if he nods in the winner the... you have
1: to get a tattoo, I think. <laughs> 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 um, tattoo. I, think
4: I think the weak yeah. point though might be Wambsaka. Um Liverpool I think Jurgen Klopp in the past has come out and said we're not a long ball team where he's criticised other teams for playing long ball. But I think Liverpool do that diagonal quite well. And Burnley were doing it a little bit on wan early on in that game. And Wambasaka's not great under a high ball. And Now, yeah. if they can manage to switch it up and feed Sadio Mane. Um, I'm confident in wan like on the floor and not getting dribbled one, one. around. But I think he might be a bit naive in in the sense of when balls are lofted in high. So that's a potential issue. Um, but I think there's a lot of players in that team who are playing at the level that you'd, you'd expect them to at the moment. Uh, so not many weak points, actually.
1: Perd's mentioned the long balls earlier, and it has been absolutely horrific to watch in the last, well, since Christmas, essentially, these, these sort of diagonals. And we know, we know, we found out recently that Trent Alexander had been struggling with, with COVID, and perhaps that's one of the reasons why he hasn't been playing quite so well. But I do wonder whether this is the game where it might come back a bit because United are not going to be the team that's just going to really park the bus in this game. So there might be a little bit more space in behind for Liverpool, and Liverpool have found it quite difficult to get really sort of behind those teams that just set up very deeply. And I don't know, Percy, are you seeing opportunities here to get in behind Man United in a way that just hasn't been possible against Newcastle, West Brom, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera?
3: I am, yeah. Just because, yeah, United will want to come out more than those teams. Um, but Trent Trent will just naturally raise his game for this because he's a local lad and it's Man United and um, I think that ball that Scott was saying in behind to Mane is just like one of his favourites if not his favourite but those diagonal <laughs> balls that we used to play used to come from Virgil probably most of the time to Salah yeah. and we're without him you know Virgil's our Virgil was our Bruno Fernandes two years ago where you just we drop him in and we're in a Champions League final all of a sudden and you drop Bruno Fernandes in, they're in a title race all of a sudden. Or are they? We'll find out. Um,
1: hey, s- speaking of uh, spraying balls around, uh, Tiago, I mean, it's a huge game for him, probably his biggest That's test incredible ender. hosting, Andy. That is Yeah, I was incredible. really concerned <laughs> where, where that was going, to be
2: honest. Really, really concerned. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, Emma I saw a tweet from you midweek literally counting down the hours until we can see Thiago play again have you got have you got the have you got the watch out what are we on now I mean can't be long <laughs> uh, you put me on needed.
2: spot
1: here I'm gonna go like 87 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that will do that will do uh, how excited yeah. are you to see him and is this I mean this is his biggest test yet as a Liverpool player isn't it
2: yeah, I think so. Um, I think he we we brought him to be a big game player. He is he's a big player, so he needs to turn up in the big game. So this is this is the big game. It's Manchester United. It's at home. It's the top two teams in the league. So um, yeah, I can't wait to see him play. Um, I think I think he's just going to be so good for for Liverpool going forward. And I think I think he'll really really relish the chance to play in this game. And when we were talking about battles earlier. Um, yes, I agree with Scott and Perds that diagonal ball um, certainly danger. I was thinking of the full back positions as well as somewhere that Liverpool might exploit. Mm. But um, I think I think the battle could be in midfield as well. I think if um, if we can get Henderson and Thiago sort of dictating the play, um, dropping deep and sort of seeing seeing the passes in front of them, I think um, I think that could be a real game changer. So very excited to see what Thiago can do, and I just hope Liverpool can get him on the ball
1: he's just so much fun to watch I think Percy were talking about this when he first when he had his debut and just when he even when he does like a five yard pass he just makes it interesting he's just one of those players that's like so much fun to watch like you've never seen a five yard pass quite like that before
3: <laughs> no exactly that Aston Villa game in the FA Cup first half just could barely watch it then he comes on mm. and it's like the best game I've ever seen he's just he's just tapping it five yards but he's kind of looking the other way and then he yeah, he yeah, just found a different it's way like, to do well, you things. You don't need to do that, but it looks great, so keep doing it. It was like, was it was watching... like when, you,
2: when you were at school and um, like there'd be a load of Year 7s running around and then the Year 11 big kid comes on and just starts like absolutely dicking yeah. on everyone. That was like what Tiago was like against <laughs> Villa. It was brilliant.
1: <laughs> it really was. I'm going to go with an off-piste comparison here and say I was watching The History of Swearing on Netflix the other day. And <laughs> Tiago's got a bit... Day. It's just <laughs> fun, isn't it? Uh, but yeah, I just I wanna bring up a Nick Cage Tiago comparison here. In wow. that Nick Cage wow. is an actor that just does like something completely different. Everyone else like delivers their lines in just like in one way, and then Nick Cage will just go, No, I'm gonna do that completely different and put the emphasis where you haven't thought about it or just say it in a completely different way. And Tiago is kinda of like that of the footballing world where there's just something about it that you just wouldn't have thought about that he just brings to it. So yeah, that's it. Crazy Nick Cage, <laughs> Tiago <laughs> He's
2: got so much flag. It's just got so much
1: swag. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. Well, last time Liverpool United win a title race was, Purs, I'm throwing this to you. Do you know when it was? When they um, were both genuinely in oh, the running to win the Premier League? It
3: was 8 And that was the Benitez-Fax gate.
2: Oh, yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah, it
1: was. Good times. And we all know how that ended. Yeah. Um, how old were you when that was happening? We'll throw uh, this to... Uh...
3: Oh, wait, yeah, I won't say. Guess.
1: Oh, I'm gonna say like that 9 ten. nine, four.
3: <laughs> uh, well, it depends. My it depends when it, on when, it all, when it all when it all collapsed because my birthday's in April, right? Oh, okay. So okay. when it all collapsed, I I was ten. Yeah, would it just turn ten? I know very you very well, but thank you. <laughs> were
1: you uh, were you big into it then? Did you still have the All Blacks poster above your bed, or is it now I changed did. to Fernando Torres?
3: I had. I d- yeah, Torres shirt. I was wearing, but I didn't really understand what the league was, so I was like. Oh, Liverpool are playing. That's 10. cool. Yeah, I was still into <laughs> rugby, mate. I was, I was still into rugby, but I, Torres looked cool and Gerrard looked alright, so that's why I watched it. But I didn't. I yeah, didn't was, understand the concept of a league. At that that was quite a
4: season, though, wasn't it? That was that was a. It was something. I think was it that that Makeda goal against Villa was the moment it kind of snatched away from Liverpool, and I think really I, I so. don't re, don't quite remember celebrating a goal. Quite as much as
3: that one, um, as Eric Gray's late winner at the weekend.
1: Maybe we'll see. <laughs> uh, Emma, what are your standout memories from that season? Hopefully, you were a bit more into it than, uh, than Pers was.
2: Um, so I was fifteen, so I remember the season, but don't remember any like standout games. Um, I remember the whole like. To be honest, I remember the press conferences more. They were more interesting. Um, <laughs> hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't really remember any games. But by this point, just to let you know, I had moved on from Salif Jowell, so I think I had a Stephen Jarrell poster at this point. Oh, or I might have just scrapped the shame. posters. Um, yeah, I probably moved on to, like, I don't know, Bebo by then. But, um, yeah, Bebo and MySpace, <laughs> so that was, like, the new thing. Um, yeah, I can't really remember any stand-up games from that season. Help me out.
1: But there was the, the 4-1 at Old Trafford where... Um, uh was vidich. that the one that was someone where, where the, the village yeah. Yeah, yeah of course yeah. and the yeah. even Docena scored, didn't he oh, and stephen Gerrard kissing the camera come on yes. guys that was scott. beautiful
4: fabio aurelio's free yeah. kick yeah
1: <laughs> scott we just feel really old now talking to these yeah, we are. children <laughs> yeah. you're you're both essentially the same age as that seven-year-old playing Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll widen it out now. Best and worst memories of Liverpool versus United over the years. Scott, I'll go to you then. Give us one of each. Worst one? <clears throat> I can't really think of a worst one.
4: Because.
2: Well, have a look at the really. last 10 well, years. <laughs> <laughs> well, no,
4: no Moyes really, Must be
1: moist.
4: Think... In terms of a worst one, I mean, I'm looking at last season because Liverpool ended up winning the league. You know, um, the other times mm-hmm. where they've they've not gone on to win a league title apart from last season in any of these fixtures. Um, so it's not been that decisive. Um, but the 4-1 probably stands out as pretty embarrassing. Um,
1: not the Moyes? The Moyes season with the banner, the the chosen the one? The 3-0. That
4: Was that the 3-0? Yeah. yeah. There
1: were two 3-0s um, in that season.
4: No, I've kind of blanked out the Moyes era. So um, I, I don't <laughs> actually remember it too didn't, well. Didn't it's, it's
1: just the 10 months
4: of my life that has kind of uh, kind of disappeared. Um in terms of best moments, I, I think, oh, I can. it has been a lot of them down the years. Um, I think that's all right. Just need one. <laughs> one. Can I, can I? Can I? take the FA Cup one? I know, know that um, Liverpool and United yeah. are playing in the FA Cup in a in a week's time or so, or, or whatever. Um, United were in that phase of scoring late goals, <clears throat> and I posted the video on Twitter the other day. Um, they equalised in the 88th minute. Liverpool at Anfield, at uh, Old Trafford, were winning one nil equalizing the 88 Solskjaer scored an injury time straight afterwards um and essentially sent them through to the next round and there's a Martin Tyler just all over that and it's just stuck in my mind ever since um and I know he gets a lot of stick nowadays but um I'll tell you what I, I don't really think there's a there's a commentator out there who kind of stands in my mind as well as he does
1: uh, Perds, go to you. Best and worst Liverpool versus Man United moments. The worst one that sticks
3: out is when Matter scored that overhead kick and it was like our team was just awful and it was like, it's just horrible to watch now. Um, mm. But I don't... United weren't that great either which made it even worse. Um, Best? Uh, God, we always struggle against them though. So... How does last season, does last season yeah. compare? Because
4: I know a lot of Liverpool fans, like when Salah was running through on that, and like I know that there were fans in, in the ground who were singing, we're going to win the league.
1: Yeah, well, that for me was the best. That was big the best significant moment for one. me. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. the the Moyes ones were, were like fun because it was really sort of rubbing it in. And then the 4-1 at, at Old Trafford again was good because it felt like maybe we were going to win the league. But that one last season just felt definitive. I think after... The Leicester win on Boxing Day, I started to believe that it was actually happening, and then this was—I don't know—a few games later in in January. But it just—it just felt like, yeah, that's—that's it, done now. City lost the Wolves
3: between those two games as well. Yeah, and it was like it was there was—I
1: don't know how many points it was, but something like 15 or something. It just felt definitive, and to do it that against United, I mean, there wasn't. What a boring season for me. (laughs) 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 Uh, Emma, any best and worst for you?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously that that one was was definitely the best one. But I think from a personal point of view as well, um, a bit a bit rogue. But like, I was in I was at Old Trafford for our away game in the Europa League last sixteen when Coutinho scored oh, yeah. that like oh, amazing little chip yes. goal against Haya. So I was yeah. So I I don't usually go to away games. Um, I've only ever really gone to like home games. So that was kind of like my first big away game, and just to. a bit to be able to experience that at Old Trafford um with that goal um personally for me was a real highlight. Um it was amazing. And I literally I, I can see Old Trafford pretty much right now. So um yeah. to be able to just then walk home with like all the United fans and I was there like Way! was just um that was just pretty cool. So so that's up there for me. Um worst is again probably another personal one but um I've you know like I said Stephen Gerrard is obviously an idol of mine and Um, I remember being in the pub when he came on and got sent off after 35 seconds and I can't even describe, it's making me angry now, like I can't talk about it, but I can't describe how angry I was, I genuinely, um, well I can't remember the rest of the night because I drank myself silly because I was so, I was so angry and obviously we went on to lose that game um, 2-1 I think it was, Um, Mm -hmm. so that in terms that was a of a horrible like,
1: season in general.
2: Yeah, just like the greater picture, um, it probably probably doesn't stand out as anything different to kind of, you know, a couple of other like defeats, but just like on a personal level, I was just so it was one of the few times in Gerard's career where I was genuinely like, I hate you right now. So um Thank yeah, God. that one that one it's killed. Scott
1: Scott, you'll remember as well when Ander Herrera left was it when Ander Herrera left the club and then he's like highlights real. He used <laughs> him getting <spoiled laughs> <Herrera>. oh, <laughs> uh, outrageous you, piece of shit United, you know, they
4: they miss a bit of that. I, yeah. I do miss Ander Herrera primarily for reasons like that and for his part. It was his part in the red card that actually got yeah. um Gerard sent off in, in that in that incident. Um yeah, there's been a lot of fun. I'm, I'm hoping for a a nice another Liverpool meltdown this weekend. We'll, um, <laughs> we'll, see.
0: we'll see. I think
1: for me, obviously, the, the Salah goal in, in last season's game was the, was the big positive one, and then the worst one was probably that Neville going to celebrate in front of the Liverpool fans after the last-minute oh. goal from, from Rio and That was horrible. But another rogue one, I don't, even, I don't even know whether this is good or bad, but do you remember when John Joe Shelby got sent off against United and he went over <laughs> and started like having a go at Sir Alex Ferguson? I just really loved that. 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 that memory um... always stands out for me. Yeah, of course yeah, you don't remember the so talking Talk <laughs> oh, yeah. to the adults. <laughs> um, okay, so just just quickly before we leave, let's go around everyone and go get uh, predictions for this game. Then Scott, I'll go to you first, then and then we can try and put more of a positive spin on it.
4: No, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you. I think Liverpool win. I I, Ooh, I think what? Liverpool are they've not been great this season, but I think Liverpool have the advantage over United in the sense of they. Turn up for big games and turn up when it matters, and I think that they've still got enough of those players who can. Dis- like you saw it against against Spurs, it's a, it's a similar kind of vibe for that for that game to this, um, and you won it late on. I think it'll be another tense one. I, I think it'll probably go Liverpool two one, but I think that that experience that Liverpool have had over the last few years of winning things and winning important games might set them apart here. Although I'm I'm hoping United just. Sit in and just no, that's fine. That's enough behind the fullbacks. So, um,
1: so we'll see. You said 2 1, it's 2 1. All two right, one. uh, Pur- Purdy, what are you saying?
3: 3 1, Jordan Shakiri
1: double. Oh, that's another good memory as well. Like you yeah. say, um, Emma,
2: yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm gonna stick with my with my nil nil from earlier. I, I don't. To be honest, I I can't see a Liverpool defeat. I do think it'll either be a very, very close win or it'll be a a nil-nil draw, but I'll I'll go with a draw, I think. I think United will sit in.
1: Uh, I'm going to say the same, but to be different, I'll say 1-1. And both penalties, just because Ah. that's the way everything (laughs) is going. Uh, That is all we've got time for this week. Thank you so much for listening. If you can, please drop us a review. Uh, Subscribe if you haven't already and you've enjoyed what you heard. We'll be back again next week, possibly with or without Scott. Let's see how the game actually goes first. (laughs) And we'll talk through that performance and look ahead to the games against Burnley and United again in the FA Cup. Uh, That's it from me. Uh, Perds, say goodbye. Goodbye. Emma, say goodbye. See you later. And Scott, say goodbye, please. Thank you very much for having me.
3: Goodbye.
0: (laughs) 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 Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you.